Welcome, everybody, to the League Freak Rugby League podcast. I'm your host, League Freak. A um, bit of a sad day today because I just want to let everyone know that uh, myself and Andrew have decided to not do the podcast together anymore. Um, it, look, it was a long time coming, and it's understandable. So, yeah, I, I thought that I should lead with that. Anyway, I've got a special guest here right now, and... Uh, it, it's great to talk to them. It's Andrew Ferguson. How are you, Andrew Ferguson? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Ricky. How you doing, mate? Yeah, it's pretty good to finally get a chance to talk to you. You know what? I, I don't know if you're up for this. Do you want to do a podcast with me? As in a regular thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck it, why not? Yeah, I was thinking for a name, we call yeah. it Freakin' the Fergo. It's got a ring to it. Yeah, I, I think that kind of rolls off the tongue, hey? It does a little bit. Yeah, and like I've got all the marketing set up for it as well. You know, it'd also be good. Mm. Well, actually, it would be helpful. Is you'd have you'd probably have to go out and buy the uh, URL for it. Yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. another thing to consider. Um, oh god damn it! I bet somebody fucking buys that now. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! Now I've got to buy another URL. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but people listening, don't worry, Andrew's not going anywhere. We, ah. we, the interns made sure he's locked down under a pretty airtight uh, contract. Oh, where... yeah, that thing was, I'm pretty sure the terms on it was um, 99 years or until I die. Yeah, yeah, whichever yeah. comes first. That's right. And if you don't turn up, you don't get paid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I'm, that's why I'm back. It's been five, five and a half weeks now. Yeah. Family's starting to get hungry. <laughs> so, how have you been? And how's the little one? Oh, he's going great. That's awesome. Like the, a lot of parents out there will know that uh, one of the hardest things is trying to get a baby onto a, a routine at night, so you can have some some sort of semblance of a normal sleeping pattern. Mm-hmm. And most babies sleep for you know two hours, maybe three hours at a block yeah. every time at night. This little fella's just been going, punching out three-hour sleeps nearly every single time at night, and the last three nights he's he's doing four hours. Well, he's doing so, better than I am. Jeez. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> almost getting up to the five hours I normally do. <laughs> it's funny because I've seen you – I've seen when you've got your, your chances to do stuff, and so, like, all of a sudden about 50 million tweets will come through from you, and then you disappear for a day. It's so funny to see. You have a look at my my Twitter line there. It's like, you know, there's tweets on there up until midnight and then they just disappear. And then there's all of a sudden 2.30, 3 o'clock and then there might be some at 4 a.m. and then it's (laughs) 7 or 8. Bloody hilarious. Um, Yeah, it's so good to have you back because, like, there's so many times where I know you were hanging to do a podcast and there's so many times where I'm like, man, I know Andrew would go off about this or I just need to vent to someone because it's hard to vent when you're just doing a a single podcast because you just sound ranty. You just sound ranty and, like, a bit crazy, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, it's better to sound ranty and crazy with someone else sounding ranty and crazy. Yeah, exactly. You got to share the 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 nutcase sort of element between two people. That exactly. way, they, they can't lock just one of yours up. They've got to make a decision. Then that's exactly right. And you know, given how far apart we both are, yeah, yeah, pretty hard to nail us down. Exactly. Um, of, actually, almost just after the last time we uh, had a podcast episode, yeah, I went into lockdown. Yes, and interestingly enough. I come back and you're about to go into lockdown. Yeah, I think we're are we official I think we might officially be in lockdown or it's at midnight or so I don't know. It's it's lucky I'm in lockdown because I tell you what, I'm within seventy kilometers of the nearest sick person. Fucking lucky. <sighs> Mate. Dodged a bullet. Yeah, really did. It was well, a close when one. We had, when we had the one here, we had um you know, like sites where someone with COVID had been mm. that were about three kilometres away from our house. See, that's scary. I was like, eh, it's a good thing that we'd been at home the whole time and yeah. didn't. we bought everything in bulk, so we didn't need to go out anywhere for the first two weeks. I would have to drive for 40 minutes to go anywhere close to anybody that's got this shit. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm just, uh, anyway. Um, so Let's talk some want, footy. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about some rugby league. Just for I've a barely seen any. Yep. Um... All I can recall 
that's happened so far is um, West Tigers fans lost their shit because we beat um, Penrith's under-15s team. <laughs> yeah. And then West Tigers fans disappeared when Melbourne put 60 points on them in 37 seconds. Did you get to see any of that game? Uh, no. The interesting thing about the the game against Penrith, I didn't see any of it. Yep. And the game against Melbourne, I saw the first eight minutes. <laughs> and like I, I was sitting there in front of the TV yeah. the whole time to watch it. Yeah. And like, I sit in front of the TV, I've got my phone on me, looking at Twitter and stuff like that, and just watching the game and whatnot. And then I go and check out the stats on NRL and you know, yeah, I'll do those sort of things while I'm watching the game. And after about... Yeah, it must have been about seven or eight minutes. I'm just getting far too many requests for stats on Twitter. <laughs> and I go, you know what? I'm just going to have to go into the study and put the computer on, get on the Twitter machine there, get all my stats up, and just have the game on in the background. Yeah. And as the stats questions kept coming in, the game was sitting behind all the spreadsheets and stuff I've got. So I didn't get to see any of it for about 65 minutes, which was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have to sit through that horseshit. Well, it was, you know, one of the things that was interesting is, and, and you know what, you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, that all-time record for the biggest win in Australia's first grade history. Yep. And it, it kind of doesn't, it, it's hard, it doesn't make sense. Like, you you know what the score is, you've seen it done at other levels, but for it to happen in the NRL, ARL, New South Wales Rugby League, it kind of doesn't make sense that you could see it happen. And so when they were on track to do it, and, and like they must have been on track to do it for at least 60 minutes, it was it was like, eh, are they going to do this? Like, they're going to get that record that was never going to get touched. Yeah, and they were they, five converted, oh, yeah, five converted tries away from, from beating the record in 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. That was yeah. well within reach. It really was, and... Like, I mean, that's why that record's so untouchable, because you've got to be on the way they were for the entire 80 minutes. Yeah. And that's hard. I mean, that's that's impossible, nearly. But for it to be that close for that long, and for them to be on track for that long, it was like, oh, wow, this is... And I felt sorry for Maguire. I really felt sorry for him. If I was him, I would have quit. Oh, it's... I don't want to turn this into a, a Tigers rant. Obviously, I can't because I didn't watch it. But mm. I see a lot of people out there saying, oh, you know, Maguire's got to go. You know, he signed most of this squad, blah, 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 blah. And I go, there is, there's some levels that you can blame the coach for this stuff. Yeah. But in the end, he can only get them up to a certain point. The players have got to be willing to put in on the field. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing on the field, and I've been saying this for months, is there's no communication, especially in defense with the Tigers team. Yeah. And when you're on your own line, you need your your five eighth and your halfback on either side um, of the ruck. They both need to be communicating with the man either side of them, and you need your hooker in the middle communicating with them. And so you've got all three working together, moving the line where it needs to go. And the Tigers don't have anyone talking in those three. No. And so it's just every man for himself. It's just thirteen blokes standing in a line. That's all it is. And you just you can beat teams that are poorly run. They've got poor attack. You can beat them with that just by fluke. Yeah. Or the law of averages even. But when you come up against a, a semi-decent team or a team that's in a bit of form, you will get beaten pretty much nine times out of ten. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, uh, like, uh, they they went from going pretty well to that performance and there's literally nothing a coach can do about that. And he, like at half time. He went in and he, he said to his players, like, it's up to you lot, and took all of his coaching staff out. And they weirdly, it's weird to say it, they did play better in the second half and they still got flogged. But I don't know. If I was Maguire, I'd think to myself, I don't want to be that coach because he's better than that coach. He's better than the Nathan Brown level of coach where he can think to himself, oh, yeah, you know, I need to take these floggings to have my career. Like he he could he could quit tomorrow, and end up somewhere pretty good next year, and yeah, I, just, I felt really sorry for him. What he should have done at half time, very casually, just walked in and said, right, I want everyone to stand in a line, mm-hmm. right? So they're all sitting in a line, and he goes up to the first guy, and he goes nose to nose to him, and he says, "Fuck you," 
And then he says, sit down. And he goes up to the next one. He says, fuck you, sit down. And then he does that to every single one of them. And then at the end, when they're all sitting down, he stands in the middle and he just holds up his middle finger to every single one of them in their face mm-hmm. and then turns around and walks out. Yeah. That's all he should have done. Yeah. They didn't deserve anything more than that. And yeah, yeah. James Tarmo said afterwards that, you know, there was a bit of blaming and whatnot going on amongst the group and they you know, one's not taking responsibility for this and they're blaming each other and sort of garbage. I mean, come on, you're a bunch of fucking adults. Yeah, that was that was a strange to, one. They've got to learn to talk, communicate, work with the man either side of you. That's still not going on. This is two years this shit's been going on. You know, Maguire's not there to teach them how to talk to one another. Yeah, that stuff should be that should be the fucking easiest thing you know how to do is know how to tell Blake move up with me, come this way, go that way, watch your man, blah 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 blah. It's not that hard to do. Every other fucking team does it. You know, and like the West Tigers are the team that is just consistently shit at communication. And at some point, like, you're a professional rugby league player as a standalone entity. Like, at what point do you does that professionalism shine through? At what point are you more than just... Like, this is stuff that, you know, under-12s players get taught, not professional footy players. And it, and it was funny because straight after that, what did the Tigers do? They tried to you know, get in the race to sign other clubs, um, rejects. And it was just such a West Tigers thing to do. It was uh, it's well, just terrible. They, they signed Ken Malmolo after they beat Penrith, I think it was. Yeah. And I just said, okay, why? And I had yeah. a bunch of Tigers fans telling me, oh, we've only got one winger, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there's fucking wingers everywhere. They're not that hard to find. Yeah. But our problem is not wingers. Our problem is defence in the middle and on the edges. And sure enough, two games in a row we've been we got dicked by Parramatta and then that storm against the that game against the storm. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I've been a I've been a sassy smart ass on on Twitter saying, oh, you know, Tigers leaked a shit ton of points, but you know, it's a good thing we've got a winger. Well, maybe we should get some more wingers. It's Fuck crazy. Now. It's crazy. It's yeah. uh. By the way, what a fucking cesspool of shit is Twitter at the moment. My God. Yeah, it's a good thing I haven't been on that too much. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, the uh, Women's State of Origin game was played last night, and you know what was really cool about it is that it was a game of footy, which was really refreshing because there was no six-again bullshit that wasn't involved in it, and we weren't stopping and having the video referee double-check every single thing that has happened on the field in the last 10 minutes. And it was just a free-flowing game of football, a really good close game as well. Um, pretty good handling considering the conditions as well. Queen, it was uh, it was all tied up until late in the game. It was six all, and then Queensland got a penalty right at the death, kicked the conversion, and that was the ball game. But uh, it, the thing that really stood out to everyone that was watching it last night was that this is this is rugby league. This is what we want to see. And it really highlighted why all of these rule changes have been so catastrophic in making the game basically very, very hard to watch. Yeah, it's been detrimental to the game. That I've watched the last the last three women's state of origin games and I've found every single one of them to be an absolutely brilliant contest. Mm. And the thing that stands out, it's not just these rule changes either. It's the women play the game in the spirit of the game, the way it's meant to be played. They're not out there trying to cheat. They're not out there trying to bend rules. Mm-hmm. They're out there playing it because they, you know, first and foremost, they love it, mm-hmm. and they have full respect for the game, the rules, their opposition, and so the way they play it is just, it's just beautiful to watch. They play it properly. I mean, you watch the men and they're all trying to fucking niggle here, niggle there, bend this rule, break that rule, fucking do this, do that, and then you get. Dickheads getting in there saying, oh, we're going to change this rule, change that rule, change this rule, blah, blah, blah. And you, in the end, you just got this unwatchable fucking mess. Mm. And so the women's game is becoming more and more appealing to watch because you just sit back and go, ah, my old friend, you're still here. Yeah, it really was. It was exactly like that. And, you know, I, I as you say, every women's origin match I've watched has been great. And, the, man, they beat the hell out of each other. It's kind of crazy to see. Oh, um, I, Hannah Southwell's defense is just rock solid. <laughs> the, last, 
last year and the year before, she was pulling off some massive fucking hits. I was just going, everyone talks about a few different sort of key players here and there, but she's mm. she's one that doesn't get mentioned too much. But this year, people are talking about her. And she's a, I, I really like the way she she her technique is just fucking flawless. You know, I love the way she goes about it. Like the thing that got to me, New South Wales was making so much ground up. Like they were getting really good go forward, and they had that the their halfback. And I don't want to single players out at this point. I don't think they deserve it. But their halfback didn't have a good game at all. Really, really poor game by her. Um, but you know they just Queensland really stuck in there. And they there was times when it looked like they were about to break, and they just held on, held on, held on. And uh, man, it was just such a good game. I actually saw one journo saying that um, because everyone's praising the game, it was funny. Everyone enjoyed the game. So there was one journalist that was like, "Well, you know, women's rugby league won't really have made it until people are willing to break it down and criticise the players that made mistakes and stuff like that." And all I'm thinking is, man, we're all just happy to see a fucking good game of footy finally, because we've watched pissed. trash in the NRL. The NRL season is absolute trash it's not fun to watch at all but we've seen we saw people have been critical of the the women's players and they've been even-handed and fair about it and i think that that's quite healthy like they're not out there being sexist or nasty or anything like that they're, they're just saying you know oh, that was a poor option that was a bad kick she's having a bit of a shocker blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. it's honest it's good that's the sort of discussion that needs to go on around this because you're treating them with full respect now yeah. You're not treating them like it's some sort of exhibition thing anymore. You're going, right, these are legit. They deserve legit criticism if if, if they're not playing well. Yeah. So it's all positive as far as I'm concerned. No one's out there being nasty or vicious. No, yeah. no. Because there's no need for it, you know. No. That's, it's, you know, you know, I saw you tweeting about this too, Peter Volandis, saying that if the women's players want their <laughs> – their game to grow that they need to sort of give up certain things and all i'm thinking to myself is that we're going to watch this state of origin game and there were six hundred thousand people that watched it on tv which is not insignificant at all and all i'm thinking to myself is well why aren't you paying them pete yeah exactly you can't sit there and demand that they you know take some pissy pissy amount of money and to relocate when they're not being paid very much money at all as it is. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. that was such a that was an absolute fucking asshole of a comment he made, and I just yeah. went, I'm not surprised by it. Yeah, because it just shows how hopeless he is. Yeah, I very nearly put on the end of that tweet that he's he's in the echelon of shithouse administrators mm-hmm. of in the game's history where all of the Super League administrators in England currently sit. Yeah, look, I would... Uh... I would. I reckon there would be a few English Super League administrators mm-hmm. who you can sit there and compare with Volandis and go, I don't know which one's better. You know, the, I tell you where I think the point of difference is. And I, it's just pick your poison, right? I think Volandis makes stuff happen, mostly terrible stuff, but he makes stuff happen. Whereas I think the English administrators, they want to make stuff happen, but they haven't even got the ability to do that. And so they're, 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 uh, they're just not good enough to push through what they want to push through. And part of me thinks that that's what I would rather. Someone that's just incompetent enough that when they come up with a broad idea, they haven't got the ability to push it through because with Volandis, every time he comes up with something new, like they were thinking about changing it so that the uh, the scoring team, they yes. um, they kick off. And it's like, we've been here. It didn't work. It didn't work for a really good reason. Why are you going over old ground? And all of these bright ideas, and it's all just trying to, you know, fix the problems. We all know the problems. Like, we could fix rugby league at the NRL level in five minutes, get rid of the six again bullshit, and have some back, Wind back all the rules to what they were in 2019. Mm. Done. Yeah, very easy. That's it. They, now, they refuse I'll, to say they're wrong. I will say just quickly on that whole um, scoring team kicks off thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I know some people seem to think that it's never been tried before. It was tried. It was in the 97 Super League season. And I had a look at the stats. And when you compared the average margin in, the, in that 97 Super League comp with the 97 ARL comp, the margins were bigger in Super League. Yeah. So that whole notion that the scoring team kicks off will actually help reduce the margins, it won't. No, and, and margins now are bigger than what they were then. Yeah, and, and in practice, I mean, all you end up with is the team that couldn't stop the opposition from scoring, now they're parked on their own trial line trying to rock it out. Yep. And unless they have a really good set of six and a really good kick on the end of it, they're immediately in trouble again. At least when the the team that has conceded points, when they kick off, they get to keep the opposition down the other end of the field if they're good enough to. And That's right. Yeah, it was just another stupid idea to try and fix all the other stupid ideas. And the sooner all of these rule changes are rolled back, the better that rugby league will be. Because right now it is, it's not fun to watch. It's really weird that it's not fun to watch. Yeah, it's hard work. And it's because we've been conditioned for the last decade at least that when we go and watch a rugby league game, it doesn't matter who's playing. And you'll have an inkling as to who's going to win some games. Mm. But there's also that little thing in the back of your mind going, if this other team turns up, they can get a win here. Mm-hmm. And that happens because the competition was getting closer and closer and the margins were getting smaller and smaller. And the difference between the top teams and the bottom teams was getting closer and closer. And then the last year and a half, that has exploded in the opposite direction. And now we've got games decided in 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, like, and even some of them are decided at 10 minutes which is yeah. really scary because, uh, like, it, why do you watch the rest of it? There's plenty of games where they're over 10 minutes before, like, completely over 10 minutes before half time. And I, as a diehard rugby league fan, will be fucking around on my phone the whole second half, barely watching the game. And I, that's it's not fun. And they've, they've literally broken the game. They have. They have. I mean... I've got a few stats here. I'm not going to go on about them too much because numbers is pretty hard to, to yeah, portray in a podcast. Since you, in the last five me- weeks, we've phased out statistics on this podcast. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> right. Well, in 2018, the average margin for an NRL game was 12.69 points per game. In 2019, it went up to 13.79. So it went up by 1.1 point. 2020, 15.21. So it went up by... One and a half points. This year, 18.56. It's gone up by 3.3 points a game on last year, and it's up five, almost five points on 2019. And it's converted try up on 2018. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's insane. And that's not even taking into account how unwatchable the games are. Like, it's not just that they're blowouts. It's that instead of watching a game of football, you're watching procedures that are in place and you're like this idea that the referees are now being told to stop the game randomly because the person up in the bunker is the ultimate judge and jury of these games. Now it's not the person on the field and the, the referees are being told you need to go back, you know, sometimes up to a set and go back and put this guy in report and put him in the bin for 10. And it's for something the referee himself did not see happen. And that's wrong. Oh, there's so much that's wrong about it. The crazy thing is, margins now are the widest they've been since 1935, and that year was just, it's its one of those outlier, just, you know, freak incident sort of years. Because mm-hmm. you had Dave Brown at the peak of his powers. He scored like, 280 points in 15 games or something like that. Fucking insane. Mm. And that was, you know, they had 19.49 points per game was the margin then and nothing's come close to that until now Mm. so they've got a freak occurrence that caused that and it didn't happen the next year it's just one bloke in unbelievably hot form surrounded by a team full of absolutely great players most of them test players and they just you know they had university who were just an atrocious side when it comes to performance on the field in canterbury in their first year yeah and you know history will show you that a team you know whenever you introduce a new team in the comp There'll always be one, sometimes two years, where they get they get flogged a bit, and then they start to catch up. Mm-hmm. So you had 
those three those three freak occurrences all happening at once, and that's what contributed to that high margin. And then nothing for eighty years almost. And then this happened, and this is the first time it's happened. We haven't had one team or one player that's completely dominating. There's a few teams that are playing well. We haven't had new teams introduced for over a decade. Mm-hmm. It's entirely rule changes, and that's mm-hmm. that's the thing that's fucking irritating. And the the weird thing, and I was thinking about this the other day. Remember they brought in the when you kick the ball dead over the end goal, you give the opposition seven tackle sets, and it mm-hmm. was to stop. And I remember when they brought it in, they were like, "We got to stop teams from taking the likes of Billy Slater and Greg Inglis out of the game by just kicking it dead." And I'm thinking to myself, the most dominant players in the game right now, like they're they're having no problems dominating these games. What are you talking about? Yeah. And we look at that, and it's like seven tackle sets, and we all go, that's too big. That's too much of an advantage, one extra tackle. Well, these teams are having sets that aren't six tackles. They're 18 tackles in a row. They're, sometimes they're 24 tackles in a row. And what did we think was going to happen? And, yeah, on top, and no stoppages. Not, and no stoppages, just straight through. So it's like it literally is like a 18-tackle set. And... Then on top of that, even little things like you kick a 40-20, that's a massive advantage when you kick a 40-20. And mm. instead of it being scrum, you can tap it. And yep. then there's the other thing of like, you want a scrum, do you want it in the middle of the field? You pick where you want it. That's a massive advantage in itself. And every single one of these rule changes has been for attack, attack, attack. And exactly. they broke it. They eventually got to the point where they broke it. And yep. the, the only way to go back is to go back to those rules we started the the 2020 season with. That's the yeah. only way it works. Exactly right. Because the last time we had the game going this fast and points being scored this freely, the game just, you know, the clubs, they decided that things needed to slow down and they did it themselves. And how do they do it? Rest. Wrestling. Yep. And that's what you risk now. And so all, this, all these great ideas by Peter Volandis to eliminate wrestling, which was being eliminated casually anyway by just having two refs on there cracking down on the ruck. Mm. He's now pretty much brought in all these rules that will essentially bring it back again. And it may not be wrestling. It'll be something else they'll do. It'll be yeah. doing shit like, you know, picking a player up and turning them around so they're facing the wrong way just to slow down the play of the ball or some shit like that. They'll do, they'll find something. They'll manufacture something in order to slow down the play of the ball so that they get what they want because that's what they'll do. And, it, you know, we're seeing now... More and more teams picking the two, the dummy half on the bench. You probably noticed that. Yep. Um, and that's what was happening when we had unlimited tackles, when it was just touch football. And yep. it, like one of the, the real, the ones that really stood out were really good at it. Sydney Roosters back then. They might have been called Sydney City back then. Yeah. Still. I can't remember. Yeah. Craig um, Wing on the bench. Yeah. Craig Wing. And it was Simon Benetti was the starter and Craig Wing on the bench. Yeah. And, ah, oh, that was trash football too. It was because Benetti was a was a very good defender, so he just took all that that early workload, mm-hmm. and then Wing came on with about fifteen minutes to go in the half and just ran through all the tired forwards. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that were insane. And you're seeing there's a lot of games that I'm starting to see now where it is just straight back into the way you used to attack back then, which was just work around the ruck. Don't even worry about passing it yeah. wide. The storm's you work doing around it. the ruck. The Storm are doing it now. They've got Brandon Smith at, at hooker now, and you've got Harry Grant on the bench. Yep. And they're doing the same thing. They just work one out, one yep. out. Occasionally it, it, two out, but you don't move too far from the middle of the ruck. Yeah, because there's no need to. You no. know, we work over the ruck, and it's uh, it's just easy money. It's free wear real estate. Yeah, you just wear out the middle forwards. Yep. Anyway, let's talk about something that's way more fun to talk about than the destruction of our game that we love. England lost overnight to a combined (laughs) Nations all-star team that included Matt Pryor. Matt Pryor still plays rugby league. Um, Yeah, it was a a good warm-up for the England team for the World Cup that might not even go ahead. The all-stars were ahead 14-12 to at half-time. I haven't watched the game. Simply because I couldn't give a fuck. This the thing that's crazy about this is the excuses people are making for England. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this was a entirely Super League team that England selected, playing against a combined Super League Championship team. 
Championship's their second division over there. Mm. Okay, and a lot of people are saying, oh, but some of England's best players are either in the NRL or they they were playing in the uh, the Combined Nations team. At the end of the day, I think we can safely say that the the chasm between in quality between Super League and Championship is sizable. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a team that's made up of some Super League players, even some of the best ones, and some Championship players and they're playing against a team entirely made up of Super League players, the entirely Super League team logically should win that game comfortably. Mm-hmm. Especially when most of them have played test football together. They know each other's game. They know what's going on. There wouldn't have been a lot of uh, cohesion, I dare say, between the Combined Nations team, because you might have a few combinations here and there played together, but I don't think they've played, you know, a majority of them haven't played together in a team at the same time before. And mm. so they've only had one or two training sessions together to try and run a few plays and get things sorted out. And they've gone out there and they've beaten the English test team. It's in a fixture like, that was set up for the English test team. Like, it's yeah, not like, like this is something the that, that, you know, yeah, they the, were league, the, the league that supported the English team uh, that, that selected the English team is the same one that selected their opposition. Yes. Like, they've handpicked their opponents and still lost. Still lost. That's the, it's the most embarrassing thing ever. And I've got people out there saying, oh, but England's best players are either in the NRL or they're in the other side and going, that's your best argument? Mm. Like you, you picked an intentionally weaker team and lost to them. You didn't want to play France because there's always this talk going on, you know, this condescending talk, oh, France doesn't give us enough of a competition. You can't even give yourself a competition. Yeah. And I also want to point out, England and Great Britain combined haven't won a game now for over 960 days. Okay, so now you come up with a beautiful start. Do you know the start I'm talking about? With the three is it, teams. Is it that one? The three teams. Oh, the three teams, yeah. So in the last, I think, 965 days, the total number of wins for England is zero, for Great Britain is zero, and the worst team in the third division, West Wales Raiders, is one. Oh, yeah. That feels good. That feels real good. England's not going to play a game next month, so they will go a, a thousand days without winning a single game. Oh, that feels even better. Keep going. It's ridiculous. They've got a World Cup coming up. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? A lot of English people will say, oh, Australia's not playing test matches. It's like, listen, no one's playing test matches at the moment. Okay, let's be fair. But then it's like, oh, overall, Australia doesn't play. England could have played Wales. They could have played Scotland, Ireland, France, just as easily, just as easily. And they didn't. They chose to make up their own fake team, and they lost to that fake team. And now we're coming into a point where the... World Cup, which has been promoted like crazy over the last month and a half by all of the official accounts. Now, next week, they're having a meeting to see if the World Cup should be postponed. And now they've already postponed the, it was like a, what was called Festival of the World Cup, which was supposed to be going on right now, which included uh, emerging nations and amateur players and things like that. They already, they already got rid of that one. Now the main World Cups look, looks like it's in danger. And I don't know what the answer's going to be. Like, who knows where we're going to be in, you know, a few months' time when we start gearing up towards that. But it's hard to really see that going ahead. I feel as though if they do go ahead with it and anybody chooses not to participate, not only should they... They should not be allowed to play International Rugby League for four years and not be involved in the next World Cup. That's the first thing. So I don't want anyone saying, I, you know, oh, you just don't want to play international football, Australia, blah, 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 blah. It's not about that. I would wipe out any nation that doesn't want to take part in the World Cup if they've got a place there. But at the same time, it looks really, really difficult to make all of this work for a World Cup. This isn't a regional competition. This isn't a, you know, it, it's going to be very difficult to make this work. The problem I think England's got at the moment is it looks like, I'm just having a look at the stats for their COVID cases at the moment. It looks like they're on the 
precipice of a third wave. Yeah. Um, so they've been getting all the vaccines right up there. 20th of May, they had uh, 2,000 cases. Actually, even the week before, it was 1,400. So that was they were getting it down. But uh, yesterday, it just hit 10,000. Or, yeah, 10,000 again. Yeah. It's So it's it's climbing back up again. I think last time it took them three, four, three months to get over that second wave. Mm-hmm. And we go three months from now. We're getting to the end of end of uh, September, start of October. That's getting close. Yeah, and, like, I know you and me probably as excited for this World Cup as maybe any World Cup since the mid-'90s, I would suggest, because... Yeah. Because, like, I think you and me think that Tonga are a real good chance to win it. Absolutely. And and not only that, I I, I dare say that the likes of Fiji and Samara, if they get their, their shit together, they're on the same level as a New Zealand team. Hey, I'm not and, even and put, I, think, I don't think we can go light on PNG either. Yes. Yeah. Well, I see. I already think that they're pretty close to New Zealand anyway, especially with the way New Zealand sometimes doesn't turn up. Um, but yeah, this was t- shaping up to be a great World Cup, so it's not like we don't want it to happen. But man, it's going to be difficult to make every. There are so many things that need to come together and work together, and then you've got to be super lucky on top of that, and then hope that. All of these players that are on in different parts of the world are going to say to themselves, you know what, we've been in a partial lockdown for two years. We've been in a partial bubble for two years. Yeah, send me over to the UK where I know there's 10,000 people with COVID. It's a, yeah. it's a hard sell. You know what they could do yeah. is go to a nearby country where COVID cases are dropping every day. Mm-hmm. France. Yeah, do you know what their cases are at? Well, back in back in April, 13th yes. of April, they had 39,000 cases a day. Yeah. And last date I've got here has them with 2,000 cases a day. Wow, that's a huge drop. They're dropping them pretty quick. Part of me thinks that if they're going to... I wouldn't cancel the World Cup or postpone it. The thing I would do is I would say, look... We need to take an overall look at this sport and say, what is the best thing for rugby league? And for me, if that means that the World Cup ends up being in Australia or New Zealand, and because just simply because that's where most of the teams are based is in this part of the world, and the elite players, most of them are based in this part of the world. And if that means that some teams can't be there, I think we've got to do the best thing for rugby league is is my point. I don't think we need to be saying, oh, you know, we've got to do the best thing for the organisers of this event in England. I think we've got to do the best thing for rugby league overall. That's the main thing. Yeah, look, my, my big concern is going to be on player welfare. Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of forcing players to go to a place with a heap of COVID there. And if teams say, you know, we don't want to go there and take that risk, I'm I'm fine with them doing that. Um, I think it's, I genuinely think it's ludicrous to be trying to push through, yeah, things like the Olympics now Ugh. and uh, any, any sporting codes world cup. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Um, I'd be more in favor of them just saying, let's just put a hold on world cups for now. We're not going to say that we're going to put this one on hold and it will be held in England. I just say, scrap it. Let's yep. not talk about world cups until we get COVID under control. And yeah, so the next World Cup that. can be anywhere. I'd be up for that too. But if they do that, say they announce that this week, that it's going to be an eight-year gap between World Cups, what I would like to see them do is, instead of just making that announcement, come in with something where it's like, we're not going to have the World Cup, but every off-season we have a provisional calendar set up that it is say, England versus Wales, Australia versus Tonga, yeah, that's, you that's know, actually, and put something there instead. Actually, no, you do that. You have have a Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere competition, right? Mm-hmm. And over the next three years or so, we'll make it two years, all the Southern Hemisphere teams play each other once, mm-hmm. all the Northern Hemisphere teams play each other once, mm-hmm. and the winner in each division 
plays each other in a World Cup final. And that way yeah, you've only got to organise where where two teams have to go. And you're reducing the risk of COVID outbreaks to anyone then. Where would you play that game? Anywhere where there's no COVID. Siberia. Why not? Take it take it somewhere completely new. Somewhere you know where... what? Yeah. Well, let's just go. You know what? You're taking a financial hit already. Why not just yeah. play the game somewhere unique? Somewhere completely new, somewhere completely different, and just go, we're going to put this there and just see what happens. And make sure it's got a good stadium. Somewhere where rugby league is not played 100%. Yeah. South Africa. I was going to say, I was going to say, hang on, I just had an idea. Let's have a look at this, if this place has any COVID cases. Okay. (laughs) Uh, How about Hawaii? Oh, I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) Ah, you you know what I reckon we should do when COVID's over, right? This is a long-term goal. This is like maybe five years away, okay? What if we did a Fergo and the Freak tour to Hawaii? There's an idea. Because the flights are cheap, okay? COVID's going to be out the way. And I think we could get a bunch of people that listen to the podcast. We all go to Hawaii at the same time. Can we get, say, the Hawaii Tourism Board to to sponsor us to fund it? Can you imagine how good that would be? Oh. There's an idea. They people do they do struggle to get people to Hawaii. Yeah, that's all right. We we can plug that gap. Yeah, we're here for you, Hawaii. Honolulu, yeah. it's beautiful. We will sort you out. You know I, the the thing I loved about Honolulu is the temperature was always the exact same. You want to be a fucking weatherman in Honolulu because <laughs> it is like. Tomorrow, temperature drops to 26 degrees, and then it's back up to 27 the following 15 days. <laughs> That's the way you want it to be. You don't do any hard work when it comes to weatherman behaviour. No, exactly. Uh, okay, let's get back to rugby league. So, Reese Walsh is out of the Queensland side. I think he pulled a calf or a hammy in training. A uh, little bit unfortunate. I thought that it was unfortunate that I didn't think it was time for him to be selected. I thought it was he was on a hiding to nothing. Um, and then Mulatalo, he comes in as a replacement for Walsh, and the New South Wales Rugby League immediately puts in a, a request to check that he's actually eligible to play for Queensland because he was born in New Zealand. He was raised in New Zealand and then he flew over to play to be in Queensland when I think he was just under 14. So it's going to be interesting to see what they rule there. And I can't believe it got this far, quite honestly. Yeah, let him have him. See, I don't don't agree. why, Why change the rule now to be place of origin for Queensland? Why, why, why fix it now? I, I tell you why, right? Because fuck Queensland. They took Greg Inglis. They can fuck off. Pick some Queenslanders and stop picking Kiwis. Yeah, let them pick who they want. It's clearly working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, what did you think about picking Reese Walsh after, what, seven games? Seven NRL games? Um, that was the sort of selection you make when you have no idea how to be a coach. I felt the same way. So he's just gone, I need someone, I need something, I need to shake things up. I'm just going to pick some random player and put him there. Look, Walsh has been amazing in attack. Mm-hmm. His defense has been very iffy. Yeah. And I Which don't is... think that's, I don't think an iffy defender is something you want in origin, especially no. at fullback. And you can see him like learning what first grade's about. And it, look, look, he's a, he's got special talent, but you can see him learning what first grade is about week on week, and it's really cool to actually watch it happening. But to then throw him into a, the Origin arena, I just thought it was unfair on him. Very unfair. I mean, he's going to play Origin in the future if he's if he's um yeah keeps going at the same same rate he's going at the moment. He focuses purely on just playing good NRL footy. Mm-hmm. His development will see him play Origin football. There's no doubt about it. Definitely. 
Um, now, it looks like we're going to have empty stadiums for the Sydney lockdown as players enter a bubble. Um, see, this from the NRL website, Brad Walter says, Sydney clubs are set to play games in empty stadiums. Teams will use charter flights for interstate travel and players will revert to strict bubble conditions after the New South Wales government announced a lockdown until July the 9th. Um, you know, one of the things that I found really interesting was, remember not that many years ago when there'd be a finals game and it was at a small stadium and they'd say, look, we can't move it to Stadium Australia because too bad, too much logistics and it just is impossible. And then now they'll move a game at the drop of a hat. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I've, I've got a solution for them, though, if they're worried about playing in front of empty stadiums. Yeah. You go and take my cutout to every single game. Ooh. You reckon I untie it from the bedpost and take it to a game, huh? Absolutely. I thought yeah. <laughs> I thought you had it stuck to the ceiling above your bed, but yeah. No, I like to I like to look up at it like it's looking down at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine by me. <laughs> Saves me being there to do it myself. Yeah, well, I just found when we did it over Skype, you were a bit uncomfortable, you know, so I thought this was the next best thing. Yeah, I was, I was worried somebody was watching me. I'm okay watching someone else. Yeah. Watching me's creepy, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that'd be sick. Um, but yeah, so we're in bubbles again. You know, the, the terrible thing is that Panthers versus Parramatta game next weekend. Oh, I was looking forward to that. Never mind. Um, so I've got a question for you. Yeah. Have you got some time, by the way? Are we good? Yeah, we're going good. Okay. Um, have, there, have there been any random thoughts that you've come up with while you've been sleep-deprived and up at weird hours? Is there any weird, random rugby league thoughts you've had? Um, only ones on things I should do stats on. Okay, what like? Or do you not want to say? Cause... No, no, no. I started on one the other day, and I, I did the results just in the end earlier, and that was the difference between the top four teams and the bottom four teams. Mm-hmm. And I did it for the NRL era. Yep. Uh, and it's just looking at the the points difference between the top four. So I combined the top four points difference at the end of the year, mm-hmm. for, and then did the same for the bottom four and subtracted the two to find out what the biggest gap was. Yeah. And did the same thing for win percentages. Yeah. So I was thinking of doing that all the way through. There was something else. I didn't write it down and forgot. <laughs> I've had a couple of things with stats that I... Because anybody that's listening, I basically said to Andrew, he has a baby, I'm going to leave him alone. Because, you know, he doesn't need me fucking hassling him. Um, and there's been so many things I've thought, man, I'd love to know what this stat is, and I'd love to know what that stat is, and I've had to keep it to myself. It's all gone. It's all disappeared now into my my head meat, but yeah. um yeah. Can you remember any of them? Um, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no. <coughs> I can't. I can't. I, I will say I did have a look at the uh, the stats for the podcast. Yeah. And it appears that the people don't miss me. <laughs> no, no, don't start that shit. <laughs> well, well, geez, you've done a great job running this show without me around. I fucking really have. No, nah, I, um, the, the, well, I tell you one of the things I've learned, right? First of all, I think I'm a better host than you. No, I'm yes. a better host than, than what I was. I, I think it's taught me that. And then the other thing is, I think, now that we're back full time because the little one, I'm guessing he's driving and stuff now. He's at school. I don't yes. know how they they grow up, but it seems that way. Um, that I, I'll if there's podcasts in between, I just got to record them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's it. But that's the only difference, really. Like, yeah. You know. That's all right. It, it's now your podcast. I just come on as a guest every now no. and then. No. Like you. One one thing I did try and do. Yeah. I said right. I've got five weeks. I'm going to try and watch at least one episode in full of NRL 360. Yeah. I I pushed myself. I I worked really hard. I got myself all angry. Yeah. 
and I did about eight minutes. <laughs> Can't do it. It's Can't impossible. It. The most I could come up with was one tweet where I said, it just looks like a dinner table in an old person's home. <laughs> they just all need a cardigan. They really like, do this. Ray this Hadley a, looks like an old man. See, I haven't clouds. watched with Hadley on it yet. And all they do is just whinge and moan at one another. Yeah. So it's uh, it's struggling. And I see that Ben Eichen's now leaving. Imagine how bad you are for Ben, for someone to leave what you are to go to the Broncos. And he people, thinks the Broncos are better than what you are. And not only that, people being like, oh, man, I don't know how this show will survive without Ben Eichen. <laughs> hey, people said the same thing about North Sydney. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> how many how many people are like, I'll never go on watch rugby league again without North Sydney? It's like you're seventy. You're not gonna be watching rugby league for much longer anyway. Hush <laughs> prefer. Oh, um so the, the I see some people saying, Who should we get to replace Ben Eichen? Well who do yeah. you think would be a good replacement for Ben Eichen? Um The Green Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I reckon Willie Mason. Oh, he would be good, actually. Because the minute he would raise his voice, you would just hear three people physically shitting themselves. <laughs> yeah. And that would be entertaining to watch, and then he'd just be silenced for a while. Yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't come up with anybody that jumped out for me. Nah, there's, there's no one to go. No one would do it. No one with any common sense would take that gig on. No. Because... They've killed that show. Oh, so just spiked it. Yeah. Like, they've done... What they've done to that show is almost as bad as what Peter Valandis has done to the NRL. Yeah. And they've done it in the same period of time. It's like, I remember that uh, Fox Sports had that show, The Back Page, and it was good to watch. And, like, there were even people on there you weren't a big fan of. And but you would still watch it because it was entertaining on some level, and yeah. then they changed it up, and it just become an unwatchable fucking mess. Well, they used, I used to watch it when they had the twelfth man on there back yeah, when it first yeah. started, and that was yeah. when it was really good. Mm-hmm. And he left, and it's just like, yeah, it's lost its touch now. Yeah. And now they've got that bloke who thinks he's funny that goes for the dragons that hosts it, and I don't know his name, Tony something. I wish, I, I, wish I was as funny as that guy thinks he is. I know that I'm as funny as he thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know that I'm as funny as he is. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. No, no, people, yeah. people, people find you funny. Hey, by the way, did you see that uh, Joel Kane had a go at me on Channel 9? I did see that. That was yeah. brilliant. That was pretty funny. <laughs> He fucking <laughs> called me out in Channel 9, and I didn't see it. I was watching <sighs> fucking Fox Sports, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden my Twitter feed starts lighting up, and it's like, oh, fucking Joel Kane having a go at you. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, what what have I fucking done now? And uh, and he it, it was pretty – he didn't really have a go at me, but he you know, he gave me a little bit of a one. I thought it was pretty yeah. funny, actually. I loved it. That was, it was good. Good yeah. little dig. Yeah. Uh, That's good. Yeah, I think that's all of the. Oh, by the way, who you going? Who do you think's going to win Origin two? Well, New South Wales. Yeah, same here. Do you think they'll win by a lot or close or? I think it will be. Cl- it'll be closer. I can't. I can't see two Origin games in a row, resulting in massive dickings. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Queensland will be. Like competitive, I don't think it's going to be twelve, fourteen, or anything like that. Yeah, I think New South Wales's biggest problem is going to be themselves because mm-hmm. after beating Queensland so comfortably in the first game, there's that huge risk that they'll be complacent in the second one, thinking, "Oh, we only need to do fifty percent." Yeah, and Queensland will put in a bit more effort the second time around. So if New South Wales goes in half-assed, they are they are a risk of being, yeah, you know, I wouldn't say beaten, but they're a risk of you know, getting into a tough game. Um, but I think the chance of that is pretty slim. So I'm going for New South Wales by about 20. I feel like this preparation for Queensland has not been great for them. 
And I know I, this. I'm just walking straight to the same trap. I don't care. I think New South Wales is going to beat the living snot out of Queensland, and we're going to wrap the series up, and we're going to take Game Three down to Melbourne, down to the SCG because they're trying to get the game off of Sydney, and we'll fucking win that too. <laughs> I should take Game Three mm. to somewhere completely random like Wagga. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Yeah. There's an idea. Yeah. I wonder if you could take it to, like, Darwin. <laughs> of course you could. Speaking of Wagga, Sydney's gone into lockdown with COVID. Yeah. And people in Wagga started <laughs> panic buying toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you find it weird when people take pictures of other people buying toilet paper? <laughs> I find it fucking creepy. It's funny because... The only reason well, the only reason why you can take that photo is because you were there to buy the same shit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just find it very it, strange. You just, you just bit it and someone beat you to it, so it's like, oh, I'm going to shame you. And the thing is, too, like, if you watch 10 minutes of the news, just 10 minutes, you're left thinking, we're fucked. We're yeah. never getting out of this. And so I can see where somebody that is just a little bit off you know, whether they're feeling a bit down, they're a bit more worried about this. I can see where they're like, I've got to buy everything. I've got to fucking... You know how serious I took COVID when it first started, right? Yes, yes. And now I'm just over it. I don't give a fuck. I'll tell you what's what's fascinating to me about this whole panic buying stuff. Uh-huh. No one panic buys the over-the-counter medicine. Yeah, that's true the fuck is up with that? Yeah. <laughs> They'll get the toilet paper. And I feel like saying, that's well and good. COVID doesn't give you the shits. I just can't wait until I'm a grandfather and they say, what was it like? And I say, the first thing that went was the toilet paper. <laughs> I just can't wait. Everyone was so terrified that they couldn't wipe their ass. <laughs> this this will be our name. Yeah, <laughs> we need a we need a version of the song. I was only nineteen, but it's like about toilet paper. Yeah, I was. It was only COVID nineteen. Yeah, it was only COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that's got to happen. Yeah, someone would make money off of that. <laughs> COVID nineteen. Shit. Just re- rewrite all of the name songs, like Kaysan. Yeah. Rewrite that one. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Instead of, instead of fortunate son, you could have unfortunate runs. <laughs> See, this is stuff that I'll probably rewrite at about three, uh, three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, when you're up by yourself and the babies needs fed or something, and you're just like, yeah, how can I reword this? That's right. It'll happen. If you're up at 3am, just tune in. Yeah. Um, so, Andrew, have you got anything you want to promote? Nah. Nah. <laughs> what about your new podcast you're doing? Oh, this one? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, The funny thing is, I got asked by the, uh, the guys who do the full credit to the boys podcast. Yeah. Uh, I used to go on there every week last year, but they, you know, timing got all mixed up and I couldn't do it this year. Be honest. You said you fucking asked for more money. You said I'd worth three times as much. Like you're out of our budget. (laughs) Well, that too. But, um, (laughs) but hit me up and this is, uh, this is last week. Can you let us know, you know, answer some question about interchange players who came onto the field illegally. I was like, yeah, no worries. I said, you know, what time can you come on? And I said, oh, I'll come on tonight at 9 o'clock. And then I hit him and I said, can I make it 10 o'clock? Can I make it 11 o'clock? I said, we'll do it tomorrow. And we'll do it this time. And then we'll do it this time. And then I kept pushing it back. It was a three-minute spot. <laughs> and in the end, I, I did it so quickly because it was when I had a little fella asleep on my shoulder and I had I had five minutes spare before I had to go pick up uh, my daughter from school. And so I was sitting there. I wrote it all out, and I'm just reading it rapid fire fast. <laughs> I went, Man, I have so fucked that up. 
and then I missed one of them out anyway, so I, could, I stuffed it up as well. And I went, yeah. It took me five weeks to get to that point yeah. of doing a bit of podcasting, and it was a completely botched two-and-a-half-minute spot. And I went, how the hell am I ever going to record an episode again? And I went, you know what? I've just got to make it happen. So um, I know that last Friday I said to you, I'm going to try and get on and do the podcast at 10 o'clock. Yep. And you went, yep, no worries. I'll be around whenever you want. And I I just knew. I did, I think I, I didn't I hear from you for four days. <laughs> yeah. I just knew that it was going to be a hard ass for me. Yeah. And I, I had a feeling that you were pretty much going, yeah, he's bullshitting. Uh, I, <laughs> was, I was, I was, you didn't even follow it up with me. And I went, yeah, yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I'm like? Cause normally when Andrew will be like, or one of us will be like podcast tonight. Yeah. All right. What are you talking about? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Okay. Half hour? Yeah. What are we looking at? 10, 11, uh, 11.30? Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Well, let's be off by one. And, and it's like that. And you were like, I'll be on at 10. And I thought, he's fucking kidding himself. He's not getting on at 10. So I was like, yeah, no worries. And I thought, if he messages me, I'll, I can jump straight on. But I fucking pl- just played the Xbox all night. <laughs> so I thought, there's no fucking way he's going to get on that quick. I was actually surprised you got on tonight. I was really surprised, actually. I was like... Uh, I, I thought you would have been like, oh, man, can we push it back an hour and a half? I really was <laughs> for that one. Yeah, I managed to get a little, we managed to get a little fella to sleep, and I went, okay, I've got to try and start the podcast Yeah, as close to when he's finally nodded off as possible, because yeah. I know he's sleeping for three to four hours first in, and I went, I'm sure I can just, we can fit one in there. Yeah. So it's all good. It's awesome. Um. It's awesome to have you back. It really is awesome to have you back. It's not the same, man. It's like I've missed out just our chats when that we don't even record and, uh, you know, sitting down to record a podcast and watching the Grand Prix by myself just sucks. Yeah. So, you know, we, we'll get to do that tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> are you going to be able to get to watch the State of Origin, by the way? Um, maybe. Okay. So, I, I didn't watch much of the first one. Yeah, I get that. Because uh, Little Fellow was three, two to three weeks old. Yeah, so, you yeah, can't look. We had it on, and we're just sort of in and out of the room occasionally checking it out and going, yeah, scored again, scored again, scored again. Yeah, okay. I think they say they've got to be like six to eight weeks old before you can put them in the garage. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere around. He's getting close. Yeah, he's he's in the range anyway. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, you know, I've already got him doing like household chores and stuff like that because I can't be asked doing it anymore. Yeah, uh, well, and you've got to get his hand-eye coordination up so he can sew like uh, sports shoes together and stuff like that for the next three yeah. or four years. This is right. Yeah. Um, teaching him maths as well because he's got to run the website soon because there's so much data entry I can't be asked doing it. Yeah, his little fingers. You'll have to get him a little keyboard. Well, you could use the one that's here. I'll we'll spend extra money on it. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's his problem, not yours. Hey, I helped get him here. What more does he want? It's like, listen, I'll put in a minute and a half of solid work. Now steady, the rest is steady, on him. Steady. Don't talk me up too much. <laughs> You've gone a minute over. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. I've missed this. Um, okay, so if people want to... You've got a website, apparently. Yeah, Rugby League Project. We've been, okay, um, what's that about? Yeah, it's just uh, footy stats and history and stuff on there. Nice. I've been able to actually, in this five weeks I've had off, I've been able to, you know, in my time during the nights, yeah, I've been able to get on there and actually punch out a whole heap of years that have been sitting in the, the back end for a while there. So I've got from 40, 1947 to 1952 finished. Wow. So we've only got, and I'm halfway through 53, so we've got 53 to 73 left to do. So just 20 more seasons left. I can see where that's, I can see where that's almost the perfect sort of stuff to do in between him uh, being asleep on and off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's really good. Okay. Um, so getting through that, which has been helpful. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, check us out on Patreon at uh, whatever the address is. What is it? Patreon.com forward slash RL Project. Project. Yeah. 
I, I, I put it. I had to say it and I forgot what it was. Yeah, I, I put a tier on mine as well for a dollar now, huh? Hey? Oh, good. There you yeah. go. So we've both got tiers for a dollar on both of our ones. That's right. Get over there. Just a dollar a month, people. Come on. Yeah, it's not much. That's right. Um, and, and yours is patreon.com slash league freak. Yeah, no space between I League that one. Freak. And yeah, go and check, check them both out. Um, I've been promoting all your stuff while you've been gone too. I don't know if you've been, well, I know you've listened to every single podcast. I mean, that's commitment. That's what commitment is. That's what friends to, would do. I've listened to all but one actually. Oh really? Which one? Yes. Uh, the one with Ben Darwin. So that's the only one I haven't read, listened to yet. Yeah, that's, that was a really good one. We, yeah. Uh, when, when Ben Darwin gets on, I'll, I, I need to sit down and listen to it in one go. Yeah. So some of them I've been able to just press pause and come back to and just rewind a little bit and go, oh, that's where I'm up to and away I go. But um, the stuff Ben Darwin talks about is very fascinating to me. So I, w- I want to sit down and just take it all in in one go. So I've been holding yeah. off on that one. Yeah. It was really nice of the, the boys from uh, Gainline to come on because that was when – it was just when I was like, oh, man, okay – time to fucking keep the show on the road and they come on and it, it was like oh that went pretty well so let's just keep forging ahead and uh yeah it was great and yeah that i can see where that's one you you really do you'll enjoy sitting down and listening to that one um so yeah anyway. you've been doing a great job uh, thanks I, I did my best and like obviously my best is just fucking outstanding so but it's good to have you back too it's, it's like, good to be back on yeah. Oh, good. See you in seven and a half months' time, you fucking That's... slacker. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to come back that soon. Work on me now. <laughs> now the pressure's on. Now yeah, the pressure's on. Bloody hell. Uh, anyway, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Andrew for dropping in. <laughs> As a guest on my own podcast. As a guest on uh, Freak and the Furco. <laughs> we'll be back with another brand new episode probably within the next, I don't know, 72 to 48 hours. Bye-bye, everyone. Hooroo.